News Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable coming to you from various places in and around the country, including Treasonable Studios in Los Angeles, with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. Comedian, mom, and strong woman extraordinaire. She's got a comedy special, I'm Crowning, that you can catch on Amazon, Voodoo, Comcast, and many more platforms. Dialing in from Arizona, Liz Stewart. Welcome, Liz. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello, treasonable audience. I love you, and we're going to make it together. Oh, starting off with such positivity as if you don't know the many things we're going to be talking about. But no, that's, I know. It's, it's so I don't scream. It's <laughs> probably for the best. Uh, well, thank you for being with us. We have plenty of time to scream, and I'm sure. There will be plenty of opportunities throughout the show, but uh, we'll get to those in a minute. Also on the panel this week, she was a staff writer on season 16 of Jimmy Kimmel Live, and in her past life, she was a fundraiser and communications consultant for Pinko Kami Causes in Washington, D.C. Happy to have her back on the panel, coming to us this week from a swing state back east. Julianne Simmons, welcome. <laughs> Hey guys, what's up? Good to see you or hear you or both. <laughs> to, to what's going on? <laughs> a little of both. It's great to have you back. How how are things? Things are okay. I'm uh, currently in a uh, I'm in Pennsylvania actually, and um, been having a little bit of a yard sign fight with the uh, neighbors on the block. So that's Ooh. been extra stressful. Uh, nice. But spoiler alert, uh, we are the only ones with Biden signs. <laughs> well, you know, you got to do you got to do what you can do to get your scrant on when you're in Pennsylvania. Oh boy. Play on Scranton. <laughs> hey, it come on. You try and make Scranton funny. It's it's difficult. True. True. Well, welcome Julianne. Looking forward to having you in conversation throughout the day. As always, we are also joined by comedian, scholar, and the black voice of reason coming to us from Van Nuys. It is Mr. Time and Ship. Welcome, sir. Uh, power to the people. Good to be back after enjoying my birthday vacation from, you know, but I uh, picked that off last weekend, so it's good to be back. Nice. And yeah, uh, a lovely week, I'm, I'm guessing, just getting away from it all. Oh, yeah. Getting away from the criminals at the job and just kicking back. I haven't even, I even kept my vacation beard. I haven't even gotten rid of that. <laughs> well, still, still a, a day left before you go back. So we're, 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 not, yeah. we're, we're pro pandemic and vacation beards here. So, yeah. Welcome, welcome to you. And your vacation beard. Me, I am Dr. Yep. David Robinson. I'm your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse, hopefully also for the current one. And we do have a lot to talk about this week. But first, a brief message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America, and people are waking up to the great taste of Community Spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. 
But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread. Unmitigated Spread. It's time for a second peek. It is National Pancake Day, which I wish I would have known before I made local pancakes this morning. Uh, But it is also 38 days until the election. As of today, we've got... Timpani. 203,575 Americans dead from the coronavirus, 7,059,200 confirmed cases. So those are the numbers for the week. And on the the note of 203,575,000 dead Americans, uh, not only is today National Pancake Day, But it's also National Ghost Hunting Day. So congratulations to the ghost hunters who have 203,575 more ghosts to hunt than they had six months ago. Is anyone else anti-pancake? Because I'm not... (laughs) Not really into. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you know what? I'm. I'm I love pancakes, but team waffle or French toast, but like team pancakes. Yeah. French, French toast, toast all the way. Waffles. Love the waffles. Pancakes for me. Pancakes are like a really heavy IPA. You know, or like a, a, a just a really thick stout. It's like it's one of those things. Like it's good. But you know you're going to have like a brick in your stomach for the next few hours. So, you know, if you're, if you you're willing to do that. You've got to be in the right mood to eat pancakes. Yeah. My husband has them almost every day. He makes pancakes. <laughs> oh, wow. He, he eats these protein pancakes because he's always trying to gain weight for muscle mass. And so I'm in the corner eating my Activia, waiting to shit myself, you know, like <laughs> shit myself in, you know, and, and it's just, it's like, it's totally, it's totally not fair. So, I mean, but I mean, it's a good thing. I didn't really like pancakes, you know? So when he has them, he's like, oh, you want a pancake every now and then I'll be like, yeah, I'll have a pancake. But most of the time I'm like, ew, gross, team waffle, team French toast. Yeah. Although, you know what, I I found a recipe online that I don't know if it necessarily, you know, legally, I don't know if you can call them pancakes because it's just eggs and banana. But yeah, if if you don't want to make banana bread, yeah, it's like one banana, two eggs, and you you mash it, mash the banana up so it totally blends with the eggs and you you just cook them on a griddle or in the pan. Oh, well, come on. I mean, there's limits. Like 10 (laughs) calories per cup or some shit like that. You know, just fucking pour it on, baby. Oh, fuck it. Just, you know, (laughs) drink it by the cup if you're going to 
go that route. <laughs> but yeah, just I'm glad uh, we found that liberals eat crepes. You know what I mean? That's like a more liberal bullshitty food than a pancake. Uh, crepes. I, I do love a crepe. Crepes I are, a crepe. are nice. I do love a crepe. <laughs> I don't know. It's you can stuff it with things like 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 more Supreme Court justices. <laughs> <laughs> you can just stuff it. Ah, uh, well, that's. Actually, before we get into the Supreme Court, just since uh, we were talking about the coronavirus deaths, uh, I didn't throw anything into the news briefing for the week. But one of the stories that came out this week that I found kind of interesting is that the uh, the Pac-10 colleges announced that they are going to play a limited football season this fall. And I mean, I know the athletes are going to be getting tested Every day, uh, probably like the support staff, water boys, equipment people, you know, whatever. Coaches, definitely, because, you know, they get paid the big money. But there's there's just part of me that can't help but think that the decision to send college football players back in action in the time of pandemic, part of me thinks that decision is made by guys who lost girlfriends to football players when they were in college. I'm just thinking it's like, there's gotta be a little bit of, Oh, well let's send them to their death because are college students allowed to make money off of football games yet. They're going to, they haven't really implemented it yet, but they're talking about doing it, but they're not. Yeah. But it's not going to be enough. They're not going to stop the behavior the the scientists have laid everything out for everybody. And it's the behavior of Americans that why people are getting sick. Like the, some of the even the, they, they interviewed some of the students. They said they're not going to stop. There's nothing you can test all you want. You can put up all the preventions you want. They don't give a shit. They yeah. don't care. And, she, and the, they, they talked to from the female students, male students. They don't care. They said the kids are not going to stop partying. They're not going to stop getting together. They want to. They want. If you die, you die. They don't well, give a shit. Well, this is that we're going to get about two weeks of a Big Ten season, and then it's all going to go to shit. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. You can tell them all the grim that you want. They right. want what they want. Let them have it, and then they're going to they say, then they're going to be crying bloody murder when they start dropping dead because they're going to take it home to their parents. Mm-hmm. And to all their other relatives and everybody else, they're going to start dying. And they well, gave it to two friends. They're going to stop getting uh, their dick wet because of the pandemic. I think that you've got another thing coming to you. So no matter how much. Uh, <laughs> well, they're already going to the strip bars. <laughs> they're, they're not going to. They're college kids. Like, what kind of decisions did you make in college? Fun not decisions. The, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but you know, but there are, but there are those. Look, there are those who do say, you know what? Some people do get it, okay, and they say, look, dude, I don't mind having a beer, but this shit is real. My parents, I can't take this shit on my parents, and some kids are trying to do it. You can't be a, a just a total follower. Well, and it's at your school. Everybody's not a everybody's not a jackass, you know. Once you start seeing some people die, either you wake up or you don't. But it and, uh, and, and also strip joints. Yeah, the pro players going. They already caught a couple of pro basketball players getting caught in strip clubs. They're doing it, but they get tested. Well, that day. three foot, that three foot rule, you know, 
isn't enforced anyway, you know? <laughs> like, uh, you got to get, like, a sneeze guard or something, you know? Like, <laughs> like have people just covered in, like, a drop cloth, you know? Uh, yeah, good. That's a good... Why do you need an up-close-in-person, like, dance during a, a pandemic, man? Just jerk off to porn like normal dudes. I don't get it, man. <laughs> well, you know, there are certain, the certain guys got to have it in front of them. You know, there's you only so much that, that no, they've got to yeah. see it. Hmm. Now, some guys have, you know, like a big so, screen TV. Well, you know what? Here's, uh, here's, here's the thing. You adapt or you die. It's that fucking simple. This is a pandemic. We are not engaged in business as usual. We've talked about this on the show before, but this, there's, you know, this brand of, American exceptionalism that believes, well, bad things happen to everybody except for me. And sometimes it's, you know, because you're Donald Trump and you're having these big Nazi super spreader rallies where you're, you know, 20 feet away from any human being. So you don't need to worry about it yourself. Fuck all these people who are there to see you. You know, there's there's that level the of. From, do I think the droplets from? Do you think from like the crowd, like if there's like a couple of thousand people in the crowd all yelling and spitting on each other with their Corona meth droplets, you know, like do you think they uh, a nice breeze like I, Mother Nature could send a nice breeze his way? I just send you know, it right into his fucking shithole mouth. I would hope, but you know? well, I, I you know don't what? know. And, and you know, and he's a germaphobe. The fact that he's doing that, they already stated he's a fucking germaphobe. He claims he's a, ger- a germaphobe. No, I'm they already said he is. Because he sat up when, when Bob Woodard interviewed him. Yeah. So I, Bob Woodard interviewed him. and His uh, dick's not a germaphobe. But, well, um, they're saying when Bob Woodard interviewed him, he uh, he said... Yeah, and someone sneezed, and man, it just cleared the whole room out. I don't want to be around those fucking people. Yeah, so, but I, I think, I think there's a difference between being a germaphobe and just like not wanting to quote shake hands with those disgusting people. He's he's a germaphobe, like a lot of Karens are celiac. It's like most of the people oh, yeah. who are ape shit about buying so gluten-free stuff they're not celiac they don't have the disease that necessitates being gluten-free they just want to you know be trendy and and have something else to complain about i do think there's a little bit of poetic justice if he is a germaphobe that he has had to deal with a pandemic dealing with exactly well, that's why- well, that's why he has some of the people, the, the closest people are behind him and they have to wear masks. All those in front, they're, they're, away, you know, they're away from him. And he gets tested every day. The well, guy behind him, it's not because they're worried about them spreading it. It's because that, those are the fucking idiots that appear on television. Yeah. That's all they care about is that it looks okay uh, as a backdrop. You know, they're not worried about well, I'm just saying that. I mean, no, that was how. That's how he set it up. <clears throat> he said, "Is he? You know, he says, well, there are people near me. I mean, you know, and they, they, they said, aren't you worried about catching? No, no, there are people that, because the people out in front of him are way the hell away. Right. And he, you know, and they were asking him, and, he, and the people behind him, 
But those people that are behind him are the closest. He made all of them wear masks. So no one behind him had masks. All, all of them that are behind him had a mask on. Yeah, so the, what, the, the what better way to let your audience know that you don't give a shit about them? <laughs> but... They like that. You know, this, I, I'm not the first, and it wouldn't be the first time even on this show that we compared Trump's relationship with his fans and by extension America because we all suffer for it. But it's an abusive relationship. And they fucking love it when he beats them and, and they tell everyone, but you don't know what he's really like. And the guy's just, yeah. he's an abusive jerk. <laughs> The, the, There's nothing you can say to them. They've interviewed him. I, I know guys that, and they just. You just don't understand him. Anything, anything he does, doesn't matter. They will, they, they believe nothing. They didn't, they don't care about what Bob Woodard said. They don't care what he said about the soldiers. They don't care about the pandemic. They think the pandemic is a hoax. You know, it's over. They care when it hits them personally. Like the lady who killed her husband by drinking aquarium cleaner. Um, uh, like, like she and her husband both took it. She, they were both put in the hospital. He didn't make it. And then she was like, why did I listen to him? And then like the guy, um, uh, the, the father of, um, oh golly, she spoke during the DNC on oh. his deathbed. He was like, why did I listen to him? And I'm like, need to get that absentee ballot ready, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, like you, you need to change your boat, dude. Uh, so like they only regret it when they're on their deathbed and, and we just need to make sure that like when they're in the hospital, we can get them their ballots and be like, okay, last, are you, are you sure you don't want to change your vote? Yeah. You know what? I, you know, I mean, no mercy for those idiots. You guys are victims of your own stupidity. You know, it's it's not like they they have come out against uh, Zuckerberg. Because they said, you know, the guys who designed a lot of the algorithms for uh, um, Facebook are now saying that, I don't know if you saw Tim Kendall. Tim Kendall was a, a former uh, staff that worked, that helped put uh, Facebook together. And he stated that it's the same way with the, when the tobacco company was constantly adding more you know, uh, things into the uh, cigarettes to make people keep saying oh no it's perfectly fine perfectly fine the algorithms that they pumped into facebook knew that everybody it would eventually have people at each other's throats to where we're friends or you know friendships are breaking up people don't talk to each other anymore uh the white supremacist groups and everybody are coming out all this stuff is they told zuckerberg long time ago what he was doing and he didn't care and now everybody's on board and there's nothing you can tell these trump supporters anything they get their information and they, they suck it all in. Is that you can say? Well, yeah, it's total uh, cult. You know, everybody says that they're a cult, but it, what, the way that you get indoctrinated into a cult is that you chip away at them and get them to do something that's going to lower their self-esteem and get them something that's going to be in a subservient position more and more and more like, like the abusive relationship. You know, like you, you take one hit for, and then you're like, okay, you take a punch, you take a kick. And you start beating your own kids, and now pretty soon you're compromised. And if somebody says, "Hey, hitting's wrong," you're like, "Don't tell me nothing," you know. <laughs> like I think that's one of the reasons why there are so many women who voted against Hillary Clinton because they were like, "My husband beats me, 
there's no way I could be president. Why should this bitch think that she could be president? Well, we're just way too emotional. And I'm like, no, bitch, you're way too emotional. Kamala Harris isn't way too emotional. Fiona Hill isn't way too emotional. You know, like like uh, 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 the, the attorney general who first blew the whistle on, on uh, Michael fucking treasonous Flynn. What was her name? Sally Yates. Sally Yates isn't too emotional. You know, like, uh, just because you let guys treat you like shit doesn't mean that other women should. So I'm too fucking, like, get some self-esteem, do some yoga about it, search yourself, free yourself, and stop voting for Donald Trump, you fucking skis. So I think that is a great segue. <laughs> well, no, because... Skis? Well, the, the stuff that immediately <laughs> preceded leader. skis, but skis. talking about how... Just because you're in a shitty situation doesn't mean you have the right to put everyone else in a shitty situation. And I think the the thing that's been in the news this week that makes that more relevant now than ever is the fact that, and, and we'll get into the whole whether or not they should even be uh, trying to put someone else on the court but the the fact that Trump has chosen uh, Amy Coney Barrett, who is a member allegedly of this like staunch Catholic weirdo cult called People of Praise, that as, as we were talking about this before before we started recording the show today, uh, this morning there was a news headline that popped up on the phone issuing a denial that The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood was inspired by people of praise. And, you know, that's sort of like one of those non-denial denials that, you know, if you have to say that that wasn't the inspiration, maybe there's a reason a lot of people think you are the inspiration. I, I call bullshit. Called bullshit because they literally were called handmaids until 2017 when the show aired. Right. So uh, nice try, but, but try again. But I think you know it's it's kind of ultimately you got to ask Margaret Atwood on that one. But the the fact of the matter is that you know there are so many similarities oh, that even if it's not inspired. If she's writing about, you know, a crazy religious death cult that takes over America and captures all the women that are available to breed so they can give them to the guys at the top of the power structure, and that resembles what you're doing, maybe you're doing something wrong. Just a, just a like, thought. Are they, are they uh, not too far from the QAnon type of thing? Or? Um, well, I mean, it's different. One of them is a, a straight up conspiracy theory. The other is, you know, a, a death cult in, in the guise of religion, not a death cult, but you know, they're, they are one of those like women have to submit to their husbands, like with every decision there, you know, I was reading an article in Newsweek. One woman was saying, you know, she wasn't allowed to talk to her family she wasn't allowed to visit friends unless she got consent from her husband that, that's just an abusive that, well that would just be called an abusive relationship yeah but but all when cults, you do it in the name of religion eventually 
Yeah. yeah, they're just they're doing it in the name of God. Well, well would uh, Jerry Falwell be connected to him or no? No, no, he was yeah. he was crazy Baptist. These are crazy Catholics. But okay, so the, you got some Baptist. They were like Opus Day. And it's all connected to sex some kind of way, right? So all some overtones. And- Probably, you know. Uh, it's They make up Pizzagate to cover I mean, up the, the actual child fucking that's been institutionalized in the Catholic Church. You know, pay no attention to that. So, Look at these fake things that we came up with that we can blame on Democrats. Right. What about... So we got pedophiles, uh, we got the Catholic abuse, and we got Jerry Falwell get to watch his wife screw the pool boy, right? So we got all these crazy, and everybody's voting Republican. Right, but, the you know, and again, I think that falls under the the American exceptionalism is it's it's a sin and it's a crime except when I do it. But where, where this comes in and why what Liz was saying before I rambled on for hours uh, is relevant is that... The thing about Amy Coney Barrett being in this crazy cult, allegedly, is not that she's a member, but the fact that she lets it rule over her decisions that she's making on the bench. And it goes to Liz's point about, you know, how these people in abusive relationships are like, well, I'm suffering through it, so you should too. You want to have crazy bullshit beliefs about women not having a right to their own mind, let alone their own body. That's fine. You, you go believe that in the privacy of your own home. But when it is used as reasoning for making decisions that affect everybody else, that's when it's a problem. And that's one thing that I think is... If, if they do go ahead with uh, having Senate hearings, apparently this was a problem, you know, and Republicans accused the Democrats of having an anti-Catholic bias. This is the perfect time to be able to shoot that down because who's, who's the Democratic uh, presidential candidate and what faith uh, has he practiced his entire life? Hey, we got a Catholic on the ticket. How, how can we possibly have an anti-Catholic bias if we are trying to put one in the White House. The difference is that Joe Biden's faith guides his own decisions, not the decisions he makes on behalf of everybody else. Well, and Amy Coney Barrett has said basically those words, uh, applying them to herself as well, but do we believe that? Do I believe that she'll be able to separate sort of these fringe wackadoo Catholic pro-life beliefs, will she separate that personal feeling from her decisions? And I don't, I don't know if I can buy that. I don't, I think at this point, you know, Timon brought up Jerry Falwell Jr. If, if she could separate her religion from her judicial uh, decisions, she wouldn't have been selected. The Federalist chose her for a reason. And she also said at one point that her faith guides her choices. And, you know, uh, I, I like that of Barrett is very smart, but I, it, I'm not going to have, you know, we're going to have to pack the court uh, and add and add justices because 
you know, Roe v. Wade will be overturned. They're going to see uh, in a couple of months, they've got uh, an abortion case coming before the Supreme Court. And she's already publicly stated that she did not like the way that Roe v. Wade, the way it was decided. So if she has the opportunity to overturn it, she's going to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And, and Actually, with this handmade... Not to defend this woman, but I guess I will defend this woman because I was trying to do some research on her and I am legitimately worried about this. It sounds like she believes that the law that uh, underpins Roe v. Wade would not, in fact, change, but that some laws around, so not the fundamental, that she wouldn't vote to fundamentally um, undo Roe, but that she, they would, would dissent on things like, like, um, how long you can get an abortion or restrictions on abortion clinics. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, it's, but the thing is it, a- what you were saying, it's what they're doing and trying to do in Texas. It's what they were, they were trying to do in, I think, Tennessee, but okay. It's federal law that abortion is legal, but we will make everything else about it illegal. We will make it nearly impossible to get. So, uh, a de facto ban on abortion. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you don't need to ban it outright. If you just say that, like, um, if you if you you can only get an abortion um, in the first six weeks of pregnancy, or the first four weeks of pregnancy, or the first two weeks of pregnancy, like before you know that you're. And then pregnant. only days that don't end in a Y. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this whole like like her being like her with the handmaid's tale man i think it's kind of like a chicken and the egg situation i don't know if atwood was inspired by them or if they were inspired by her but this whole like submit to your husband we're gonna call him the heads or the you know no no like, the, the head governor, the head is know? the person that the husband has to report to in the church yeah and that yeah, so if you I, don't I, if we've been confusing you about all this and the people of faith so the structure of the church in terms of marital relationships the marriages are pretty much arranged and every husband every wife has a superior that they have to report to for the husband uh, he reports to a head the wife has to report to a woman leader who until, as Julianne pointed out, until yeah, the, the popularity of the, the series, The Handmaid's Tale, women leaders were called handmaids. And they realized fiction was just a little too close to reality. So they, they had to change their, the wording. They, you know, change the marketing. Doesn't matter that the, the product is, is dangerous. If we just change the marketing, everything will be fine. Yeah, it couldn't have been good for their brand, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Well, speaking of branding, speaking real quick, time and sorry, just speaking of branding, and I think one of the problems with a lot of people has anyone been watching The Vow on uh, on HBO about the Nexium cult? Mm-mm. So another one? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the one that uh, the the girl from Smallville was arrested on charges of of sex trafficking and. Uh, you know, all the fun stuff that comes with cult leadership when it finally comes to a crashing halt. But one of the things that is sort of, you know, it infuriates me watching shows like this and thinking about stuff like this is I'm sure one of the reasons The Vow came out now is because the the cult mentality that we see with the the Trump followers and and Republicans in general 
it's it is cult like behavior and so we're seeing like more hey check out this cult kind of reality programming and documentary stuff and i'm afraid that a lot of people aren't making the connection you know it's well you know that's not exactly like what you know trump is doing so yeah it's different it's not a cult it's like no it, it is Hey, listen, I question the judgment of any woman who would be uh, involved with a group that speaks in tongues and does all this crazy shit, um, but also who has had seven children. Like, holy shit. Yeah, I thought that she was, I was like, she's not a woman, she, like, she's not a, a justice, she's like like a, a poodle at a puppy, puppy mill, like that poor thing. <laughs> but only five of them were born from her, two of them are adopted, and they're black. So I don't know if that's going oh, to inform her decisions. Some of, some of my best kids are black when it comes to civil rights, but, or if she's going to use that as an inoculation, kind of like the GOP did with, um, the attorney general in, uh, uh, in Kentucky who, uh, fucked the Brianna Taylor case, which is it Cameron something yeah. so, like they, you know, like, I don't know if it's like, you know how like Matt Gates has this adopted son, like Nestor, who everybody son, quote unquote, um, yeah, adopted son, you know, adopted pool boy named Nestor, free Nestor. Um, but like they use like they get they're like yeah, oh I've Mitch, got a black friend or oh, yeah I've Mitch McConnell's wife. So like it's all this tokenism to inoculate themselves from critique, and I don't know if she actually cares about those kids. I hope she does, or if she's just like one day I'm going to be. You know they said it. You know, one day I'm going to be in the Supreme Court, and 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 you know, I've got to I've got to get myself a shield. Although you know? the the flip side of that, I think, is you know, I was reading something this week about Trump complaining that Jews are only in it for themselves, and of course, being Jewish, I I would disagree with what? that. But when you look at the Jews who he has surrounded himself with to to have his Jewish friends to prove that he's not a white supremacist. Michael Cohn, Jared Kushner. It's like, well, yeah, if you look at all the bad examples, you know, it's like, you know, using Hitler as the example for all vegetarians. It's like, well, the not all vegetarians try and take over the world and attempt genocide. But if that's the only vegetarian, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. you're going to think that. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's actually amazing how, white men have created so many different rules and regulations that everybody should follow. And every time you check it out, they're the biggest hypocrites in the world. As a matter of fact, it was okay for white men to screw as many black slaves as they wanted. But when the white woman decided she wanted to get her a slave, they said, oh no, it's a disgrace to the nation. You can't do that. And it's also against Christianity. Everything's also a group. And then now you got, I mean, you got cults, handmade tale cults, and you got all this crap. And it's all built around some white dude who's got full control to do as much fucking as he wants. And everybody else got to fall in line. And no one seems to catch that this is the dude that's fucking up everything. And no one calls him on his shit. You know, those that are woke, they do. And they start to stand up for themselves. And they start to say, you know what, dude, no one's following that crap. You know, but you're going to get pushed back. I think part of the reason for that is that they flood the zone. You know, they put so much shit out there. And I mean, Trump has been doing this for, for years, but the idea that you don't have time to focus on the shitty thing that he's done, that's absolutely horrible and deserves all the attention because he's already on the next five shitty things. And 
one of the news stories this week that was just so wonderful to to see uh not quite happy place wonderful to see but the video of lindsey graham on on fox news talking about how he's getting killed financially because people hate his guts and i wow you know finally he he says something that's true but i think it it signifies that and and the whole idea of rushing to put someone on the supreme court and trying to push people into believing that the election is going to be settled by the supreme court this all signifies that the republicans know they're losing that despite their years of of gerrymandering and rewriting rules to benefit them and and the hypocrisy that they exhibit just to fuck democrats over despite all of that they are still looking at losing in the election this november and they're they're like a you know a, a weasel caught in a, a bear trap that they're, they're not going to chew their own leg off but they're going to try and chew everybody else's leg off and say that traps are the new normal i mean i don't want to you know be a pessimist I did truly love watching Lindsey Graham lose his shit on Fox News because Lindsey Graham, he's a a smart man. He just he's a uh, he's a pilot fish. You know, he he attaches himself to a bigger, you know, and then the Lincoln Project did a great ad about this, about how he always attaches himself to somebody who's more powerful than he is. And that's how he lives. You know, and when John McCain died. He paired up with Donald Trump and was like, yo, I'll be your pilot fish and I'll eat your scraps. But he said, you know, in 2015 or early 2016, that if we elect Donald Trump, um, if Donald Trump is our nominee, we will lose. He'll take the whole party down with him and we will deserve it. And so now here we are, Lindsay. You know, get your fainting couch out because it shit's going down, bitch. Hey, but Biden told him that. Well, Biden even said he felt sorry for Lindsey because the guy cannot. He's just got no spine. I mean, you know, Elizabeth Warren was on Rachel Maddow, and she said he's got no spine. The guy doesn't stand for anything. He will bend any way the wind blows. He does not care. Everybody's just jumping ship. I mean, I mean, Kaylee McEnany was trying. I mean, I don't even know how they wake up and try to cover every fucking thing Trump says. They can't. You just can't keep doing it. I mean, and the the reporter was sitting right in front. Yeah, but he said this. Well, yeah, no, he didn't mean that. Yeah, he did. Well, I heard him say, "No, that was fake news." You got to admit, no, I didn't make that up. Everybody saw it. I was like, "How do you keep that up?" It's like, no, they're all going to be alcoholics. I mean, I don't know uh, what's her name, uh, Hackenberry. What's what's the Huckleberry? What's what's the woman? Oh, name Sarah, Sarah Huckabee. Oh, yeah, Huckleberry Sandbag. Yeah. I mean, did you see the British chick light her up? She did an interview with a woman from Britain, uh, interviewer from Britain, and called her on everything she said. And she couldn't get out of it. There's nowhere. That interview, she was toast. Yeah, but... Because, you know, the Brits don't play. Yeah, no, I saw it. I, I got to say, you know, and I usually, and not saying that it was clickbait, but I usually don't. I, I try and avoid anything that watch someone get totally owned or, you know, when, when I see like the, the over emphasis on, on someone destroying someone else, 
it's usually like, okay. So I watched that video and I was, I mean, yeah, she totally owned herself. The reporter totally called her on her shit. She had nowhere to go, but like watching that, like after the last four years, it's like, yeah. And still nobody, nobody listens. Like it's nice to, it's nice to see it happen, but it, it's just one of those things like, so what is it? What is it actually doing? What's the effect of this? It, and just for the journalists, it's like, this is a little too little, too late kind of thing. The fact that they, they aren't the, the white house press corps hasn't banded together when Trump or McEnany try to like steer away from a question without answering by calling on the next reporter why the next reporter doesn't re-ask the question? Because they're going to be thrown out, Dave. That's why I know, you know, what? I know what everybody wants. But if you give them, if you go at them, and I know how you, what you're saying, they should really jump deep and go at them hard. That, there will be nobody in there. Yeah, but... They will throw them all they out. They, they, will, they will throw they them all out. They can't revoke your press. <laughs> But, you can't revoke your press pass because they don't like you. They tried with Jim Acosta. He sued. He he now he's there. They should band together. And also, we shouldn't come complacent and be like, "Oh yeah, everybody owns these fools in every in every uh, interview." Because one of the rules about fighting uh, uh, tyranny and aristocracies and dictatorships is that you don't become desensitized. You continue to be outraged because that's going to fuel change and. Uh, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, get her. We should have been doing this from the beginning. We should have right. been doing this shit in 2015 when Hillary told us, you know, like Hillary told us everything. And I would really like to thank everybody who didn't vote for Hillary from the bottom of my paint. <laughs> you guys are fucking idiots. And you need to make it right this time. And you need to give all of your paychecks to Joe Biden and every Democrat on the ticket, and especially Mark Kelly, because he can get sworn in on November 30th. So it's crazy. Why is Mark Meadows, but why is everybody still bringing up Hillary Clinton? And Hillary, I mean, Trump's bringing up Hillary Clinton. It's like, that's because you can't lend anything on Joe. Joe Biden is a white man, people aren't going to hate him. They make you have to bring a woman in if you want somebody to hate. They don't attack Joe Biden the way that they attack Kamala Harris. They don't attack Joe Biden the way that they attacked Hillary. Um, but yeah, if you if you want to get Republicans really excited, you got to bring in a woman to hate. You know, like Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, AOC, um, Elizabeth Warren, um, Rashida Tlaib. Um, but I think uh, like especially Richard Hillary Ginsburg. Clinton. I think especially huh? Hillary Clinton, you know, because she yeah. she raises as as we saw four years ago. You know, there's people on the left who get pissed off at the mention of her name because they're idiots, too. So, you know, yeah. idi idiocy is not exclusive to the right, as we've seen uh, multiple times. Thanks to the folks True. who protest, vote and third party yahoos and what have you. Oh. But uh, yeah, we have heard. About uh, the who the Green Party's running this year, or who the Libertarians are running this year. I mean, I'm thankfully, but why so quiet? Are, like parties. I'm, what is stop Kanye? Uh, <laughs> Kanye's uh, done. 
Have we even heard who's running on these on these uh, other? Um, I know I I read something about the Libertarian ticket. I couldn't tell you who they are, but they're like someone had to drop out. Um, I think because the the campaign or or being president interfered with their kids' soccer schedule or something. But yeah, it's they're they're. Like, you know, Indian sourdough kits. They're non-starters. Bread joke. <laughs> Colin, back to the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was making bread. <laughs> but yeah, I mean they're they're those were innocent times. Yeah. We were we were less jaded then. We were more innocent. So uh, we we would be negligent if we didn't talk about the the Breonna Taylor protests and talk about callbacks. Just I think it was Friday, either Thursday. I think it was maybe Thursday night because I was reading about it yesterday. But there were two incidents at protests here in Los Angeles with people ramming protesters with their cars, and it's. Hey, wow, great. We're we're doing callbacks to Charlottesville when when the president said that white supremacists were very fine people. Mm-hmm. Which I guess makes sense since the the news story that's been struggling to to get out and get the exposure that it deserves. But the head of the FBI uh has been saying repeatedly that white supremacists are the most persistent extremist threat to U.S. politics. And I don't think he's just talking about Trump and his administration. I think he's talking about the folks who drive their cars into protesters. Well, I mean, when you, when you think about looting and things burning, that was not started by protesters. No. Looting and burning has been going on with white militias for years. I mean, you know, you've had, you can go back to, from Wilmington to Black Wall Street, whatever you want. They've been connecting. What Fox News has been doing is connecting the looters, which has been white supremacist groups hiding behind the protesters. And, you know, like you had the umbrella guy that was breaking windows. You had the some of the white groups that would spray Black Lives Matter. And then, you know, and, the, and one girl called them out and said, hey, don't do that. We're going to get blamed for that. That wasn't us. We didn't right. do that. And then you got the kid coming cross lines and, oh, we're going to go and protect people's property. Why is a kid from the suburbs walking around with an AR-15? You're not in the gang. Well, and that's... Hell, gang members don't... Gang members don't even roam around with their guns out. That was a, white dudes can walk around with that. Not only not only that, but one of the one of the big stories this week is that that kid Kyle uh, Rittenhouse is fighting extradition. And right. you know, I mean, admitting my age here, but like Sammy Davis Jr. saying in the theme song to Beretta, "Don't do the crime if you can't do the time." You have the balls to cross state lines to go and shoot people, then have the balls to own up to what you did and, and not fight extradition. It's, you know, it's cowardly. And that's what these guys are. Oh, he's, yeah. I mean, you're giving the balls. Yeah. Well, he's got the balls on his face in prison. (laughs) I mean, the fact that he is, that you went cross state line with an AR 15 calling protection, you're not even, Old enough to have a gun. That's like what happened 
not Sandy Hook, but um, Columbine. The way those kids got those guns, was there an adult that was an adult that got them the gun? The way he got his gun, the guy who gave him the gun should go to jail as well as him. He's done. You killed two people and you blew a guy's arm off. That dude is still in pain. They talked to him. They interviewed him. He has no arm. I mean, only, you know, and now you're going to say, oh, well, we're going to raise money for Kyle? For what? No. So effectively, they were denying his constitutional right to bear arms. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. It, it, that, it had to be said. A minute, because they just, uh, they just released her autopsy report, which they refused to do several months ago. And she was shot six times. Right. She was shot in the heart. She was shot on the forearm, her thigh, her abdomen, her foot, and her heel. So not only was this cop a shitty shot, he apparently had to shoot a whole bunch of times to hit her. (laughs) To suck that bad. Particularly disgusting about the verdict that was passed down to one of the three officers involved was that he basically wasn't was charged for endangering the, the neighbors that, the bullet that didn't hit her you know the bullet that hit the wall and endangered the white neighbor that's essentially what they were held he was held accountable for i mean so- cameron AD, i mean cameron who's who spoke at the rnc he's connected to mcconnell and the fact that he came up with that i mean i even i even heard charles barkley and Shaq even come out and say well if the boyfriend hadn't fired, he had a license to hold the gun. Someone's trying to break in your apartment. Well, and the, the okay, fact and, that the and, cops, and, and, the cops who did the raid turned their cameras off, which, yes. you know, we've, we've talked about the, you know, the whole unequivocal consequences of breaking the law. Yeah. You know, that the police have because of, uh, Qualified, qualified immunity. immunity. Yes. Thank you. Qualified immunity. You know, and so as long as the police have this qualified immunity, and you've got a, a Department of Justice on the federal level that refuses to acknowledge the institutional racism in law enforcement across the country and at the federal level, there there will be no justice. It's almost as if Republicans believe that the problem with separate but equal is is the equal part. So that's, well, we should have separate and completely unequal justice because that's what we do. You were going to say, Julianne? No, I just I was going to say that it just really, you know, when you think about it, really fucked me up that, like, the only shot that's getting punished for is the one that didn't hit her. Mm-hmm. What? Right. What? Right. Property, more important than a life of a woman that served her community as an EMT. You know, it's, it's, it really. Well, that's why it it goes to what I, you know, um, we uh, can't even get that, you know? Well, and it, it, it's basically an implicit admission of guilt that the city settled with her family for $12 million. Now, if you want to treat a police badge, like a license to kill black people, you better get the checkbook out. Well, and that, you know, that really, that ends up costing communities like Louisville 
millions and millions and millions of dollars, taxpayer dollars, to basically pay for these racial crimes. Well, and, that, and that's what I was going to say that, you know, when I, when I brought up the thing about Citicorp, what Citigroup did in their study, and the, the cost of, you, you, you guys brought up systemic racism. And, you, and the fact that from 2000 to 2020, you're looking at $16 trillion in discrimination, okay? $16 trillion. So if we went from Jim Crow all the way to where we are today, you're talking probably $100 trillion of what has been done that's been put in, in play for all these years. Let's not even think about the 5,000 lynchings that went on. You know, the, you know, the lynchings, the, you know, all the, the different discriminations and the killings and the, the, the relationship that black people have had with the police department in the United States. I mean, it's astronomical, man. I mean, it's just folks have died. You know, you can just go on and on and on and people say, oh, you guys are just complaining. It's not it's not racial. It's not this. Not that. No, now they put money to it. They've told you. And there is no judge. You can't keep just paying out these large sums of money. Say, yes, yeah, she got 12 million. But people also want justice. Yeah. And these cops have to start paying the price. I work in law enforcement. If I can't do it, damn it, you can't do it. We spent $233,000 <laughs> to lock up one child in L.A. $233,000 a year. Okay, we can educate. We can send them to Harvard for that kind of money. And this is, and you see what the problem is. You cannot get. It doesn't matter what type of, uh, if he's black or white, of what you put in that particular office. Is there going to be justice? Because uh, what's her name, Jackie Lacey, right here in L.A., is the same type of problems that this guy Cameron made the same decisions in crimes where someone was shot in the back. But there's a big problem, and they let him off the hook. Like you guys said, the immunity, the the, the police immunity, they got to get rid of that. And the union, the, the police union, is the only thing standing in their way. Yeah, yeah, and uh, get rid of qualified immunity. And if you turn off your body cam, you assume guilt. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I was going to say off. instant firing. The sheriffs just got theirs. The sheriffs just got cameras. They didn't have them for a while, and they've shot up. I mean, you know that they, they got this guy, Kizzy, who they just shot in the back 17 times. Mm -hmm. They shot through Breonna Taylor's house six, seven times. They shot the guy in Wisconsin seven times in the back. I mean, how much is all these killings? And they're just unloading bullets. I mean, un I mean it's like, well, that's the only thing we could have done. They shot well, and the fact that woman and old sixty-five-year-old lady for that. The the fact that these are the police, you know, who we we expect to have some sort of tactical knowledge and experience and skill in using the weapons that are they are issued as part of their job. Apparently, even that's too much to ask. You know, I think it's what people are asking for of the, of the police and of our politicians is equal treatment under the law. Yeah, things are going to be a little different. There is going to be more nuance. But for the cops, you, you know, 
Spider-Man rules. With great power comes great responsibility. And if you can't handle it, then you, you're in the wrong job. Go be a burger cop or something. Well, my friend is a hairstylist, and there is literally almost twice as many hours of training to become a certified hairstylist than there is to become a police officer right. in states. That's insane. Right. Now, you remember the, the shooting in Atlanta where the guy was in the windy uh, parking lot? And they, they found him asleep. Oh, they yeah, found yeah. Him in the parking lot. Yeah. Okay. Now, you take that. I was talking this over to the guy. I said, that dude did not have to die. If you knew he was sleeping in a car, he's drunk. Why not say, hey, man, pull over. Let me call. Do you have anyone that can come get you? Okay. Not let him drive. He didn't need to go to jail. Yeah, you could have wrote him a ticket. Okay. And you could have just held him there till somebody came and picked him up, you know, instead of trying to arrest him. There's all other, all I'm saying is there are other ways to handle situations. You don't have to just keep pulling your goddamn gun every time to deal with a situation. Think. See, but that that's you you only say this because you you are a rational thinking person. Which we we were talking about this on this job. I have to do that. Well, Well, right. No, you would expect you would expect that, you know, even the Terminator has multiple options that come up on the screen. But, you know, we were talking about this a, a few weeks ago with Trump talking about how he couldn't help but downplay the virus because the only other option would have been to scream bloody murder and freak people out. And it's like, no, there's, there's a wide swath of other options in between those two extremes. And you could have chosen any of them. And when, when you're in a position of power and you're supposed to be a leader, whether it's of the, your community or the fucking nation or the free world, there are responsibilities that go with that. And you are expected to be wise enough and smart enough and quick enough to recognize that the, these other options exist and to use the best one. <laughs> you know, well, you know they, we had a, we had a kid that came in and the guy had to be probably six to you know, probably 200, over 200 pounds. And it wasn't, long story short, it wasn't until an older staff went down and just locked the kid's door because they told him, dude, you got to take your shoes off. He refused to put his shoes outside the door. It wasn't until he knocked out three staff that they finally, someone walked down and just locked his door and let him have the shoes. We can get the shoes anytime. This is to avoid injury. So someone's got to think, give me your shoes. I'm giving you my shoes. Okay, to avoid pay, we can always get the shoes. We just want him behind that door, lock that door, and go to sleep. Next morning, we can take care of the situation. Always use your, you know, try to think something out instead of just attack, attack, attack. There's got to be a better way. You know, uh, putting your hands on him would be the last thing that you want to do. But before that, no. Uh-uh. If, if the first thing you're doing is pulling out tasers and Pulling your gun. That, you shouldn't be a cop. I would prefer if they pulled out their tasers, to be honest. At least that is like. Non lethal. Well, well they, they, they tased a guy that was in Atlanta in, in the Wendy's. He was drunk. They tased him. They 
they tussled with him. He got the taser away from him. Now he's running away. He turns around and shoots the taser at them. They pull their guns and shot him like seven or eight times and killed him. And it was two of them and one of him, and he didn't have a gun. He just ended up wrestling the taser away from them, and they ended up shooting him dead. This would have been a perfect example of, as much as I hate defund the police, the nomenclature, and, like, the terrible framing of, of all of that, but, like, this would have been a perfect example of, uh, you know, in the Wendy's parking lot of time when not a cop would have been a better messenger and better person to facilitate whatever needed to happen and make sure that that guy didn't endanger himself or anybody else by driving drunk or whatever. Like, that could have been handled by not a cop, thereby... Exactly the cops yeah. things that they should be focused on and also not wasting resources for them to go babysit bullshit in the Burger King parking lot, you know? I think when they, when they used the word defund, that was just like I mean, they knew that you know, the media and everybody was going to run with that because you didn't come back when you, you, when you it, it's like when, you, when you're trying to find out some information on Google it, you have to put it in right in order to get what you need out of it. When you put in defund, all they thought was, oh, they're going to just take all our money and get rid of cops and all that. And that's like, that's not true. It's liberals' fault because we suck at messaging. Yes, that's a good point. Let's kick our ass at messaging. Just look at Frank Luntz, who's like, you know, the don't think of an elephant guy. And they have been beating us at this for years. And defund the police was a term a bad term that we came up with that now they're, you know, turning against us, of course, because it's so fucking dumb and bad of a term that, of course, people in middle of, of America aren't going to get on board with that. Like, it's all about the framing. And honestly, that's our own fault. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're oh, absolutely yeah. right. I, I thought as soon as they came out with it, because I, I have a couple of friends that are cops. Oh, look at their chip. Look what they're doing to us, man. They're going to come down on it's the wrong word but, but guess what there's a lot of times you guys don't need to show up you showed up downtown and you shot a homeless woman who had a screwdriver okay she had a screwdriver you're taught to take she was 65 years old and you shot her well man she had a screwdriver and you're trained to take her down you didn't need to pump her with six seven bullets who killed a 65 year old woman with a fucking screwdriver come on and that's why I said that's why you guys get in trouble because you make a lot of bad fucking decisions and then when people come at you, you get pissed off. You guys just screw yourself. Instead of defund the police, we should say give the police more tools. Yeah. But there are certain things that but there's certain things they go out on they shouldn't go. The guy in Rochester, New York, okay, he was having a mental breakdown. The guy was having mental issues. What Look what happened to him. He's butt naked. You put a, a hood over his head because he's, cause he's spitting. All right. But then all of a sudden, it's cold as hell outside. You put your, you put your knee on his neck. Next thing you know, they get, finally get him to the hospital. He's dead in a day. Why would you do that? Maybe someone that's with, uh, you know, the mental, uh, like a mental institution you know, they come in, maybe a straight jacket. I don't know. Yeah, but men I mean, in white coats. Something other than, yeah, you know, the, yeah, like they used to have. They used to ask, remember they had guys that would come with the white coats and come get you? Well, I've seen it in cartoons. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. 
you know. But yeah, and no, you, it's you, you used to get check in. Remember, you could use you know uh, before uh, one flew of the cuckoo's nest, you could actually go and check into a mental institution and you know be in there for a couple of couple of weeks if you wanted, and then check out. Speaking of uh, Cuckoo's Nest, uh, if you haven't, a little little self plug here, but uh, you should check out Ratchet on on Netflix, and you can play Where's Waldo in trying to spot me at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you guys seen it yet? Changing the topic. No, it looks it looks good. It looks good. It's I would I would say it's like. In in a John Waters sense, it is trashy fun. It's also it's good like pre Halloween viewing because it's uh it's a little little creepy, a little gory, uh, but a lot of fun. They're actually worried that the kids will not be able to go on Halloween. Yeah, uh, in L.A., they're they're not allowed to. So I don't know what I'm going to do with all these razor blades I bought, but we'll we'll figure something out. What's that, Dave? What? Are you <laughs> Hey, I said if ever there was a year that we needed free drugs in our candy, it's fucking this one, please. Uh, <laughs> can we get that at least this year? Although one, or at least like blades, so I can end it, end it already. Yeah, although I, I suppose like you know, trying to see the upsides of the pandemic, there is no reason to feel guilty about eating all the Halloween candy you bought on your own. Like, is no one trick-or-treating? So, didn't know that was going to happen. You can pretend. And uh, got all these bags of Reese's Cups hanging out. I think they changed the recipe for Reese's Cups recently because now they, they're they weird now. Have you had them recently? No, I haven't I had them in a thinner. while. Aren't they supposed to be thinner now or something? They taste like bananas to me now. And I don't know if it's me or if it's the the cups. I, I will definitely, I, all right, I know what I'm doing today. I'm going to go get me some Reese's Cups because do you remember, and it's probably another aging myself, but when I was growing up, Kraft had this peanut butter under the brand Kugel, K-O-O-G-L-E, that there was like banana flavored peanut butter and chocolate flavored peanut butter. And they were, I mean, it was, thank God. It was off the shelves by the time I started smoking weed because I would be 800 pounds. It was delicious. So I, well, well, I do not promote the, the changing of the recipes of, of beloved cultural foods like the Reese's Cup. I am totally down for a, a banana flavored, banana peanut butter flavored Reese's Cup. That sounds really fucking awesome. I was ready to fight somebody uh, over these Reese's cups. They taste weird. I'm not. I don't, I'm not with it. Yeah, so. no, I'll check it out. But I'm like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not pro new Coke. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and especially if they try and sneak it up on you. Do you think that we'll see a lot of like sexy coronavirus costumes? Like, will people dress up anyway? <laughs> Will someone be like a sexy vaccine? Like, what's the what's the hot costume this year, you guys? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, think- I was sexy Hillary Clinton one year, which is which is unnecessary because Hillary Clinton is already sexy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I have a Corona head, so I could be sexy coronavirus. But I don't know if they're making costumes like a coronavirus costume. I had to make mine with like paper mache and 
sponges and a beach ball. Oh, and not to like, you know, slut it up uh, for for the holiday, right? You know? <laughs> well, you just pull a tit out, you know? Like, right. you're like, you're like, um, you know, you're like, oh, sexy, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think sexy vaccine would be like um, more more useful, more helpful. Yeah. At this yeah. Point. Yeah, sexy vaccine, but uh, not not uh, not manufactured by this country. Like a sexy German vaccine would be the one I would take. Like an Angela Merkel <laughs> vaccine, like if she made it and and reliable. Yeah, like okay, so you dress like a vaccine, pull your tits out, and say, "Yeah, I made this in my library." <laughs> and this vaccine wears sensible shoes, so even though it's still sexy, but it's very sensible shoes, you know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I did want to, no, 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 I, you know, speaking of, of drugs and candy and stuff, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, where this week they legalized psychedelic mushrooms and, uh, fungi. Really? Yeah. Should be, I, now I'm not sure if this is like, you know, when they legalized weed in California where they passed the law, but you still had to wait six months, you know, for it to be legal. So I don't know if this was an instant thing, but. This could be a really awesome Halloween in Ann Arbor. Although, you know, university is there, so maybe not maybe not the best time to uh complicate the pandemic situation with with throwing psychedelics into the mix. Yeah, I feel like tripping right now would be a lot a lot of things that you have to like think about and keep track of that I don't know I could uh I don't know if I could handle yeah. it. In that capacity. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean. Yeah, it'd be a bad trip. Bad trip. <laughs> well, it's, it's all about the outlook. You know, I think that was like back back in the day. The, the thing that I always found about hallucinogens is that they're very suggestive. And so if you can just like focus, you start going into a bad trip, focus on the good thing. And, you know, it might take you a little bit, but if you stay focused on it, it'll get you through. Yeah, yeah. It's just harder than ever to do that, you know, like these <laughs> days, these times. I In know. these trying times, David, it's harder and harder to find the good thing to focus on to, like, talk yourself down from the bad trip, you know? I, I think it would be challenging at best. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, again, it comes down to discipline. You gotta, you gotta find that thing. Know your happy place. Be prepared. Prepare yourself. I feel like this is like one of the worst NBC, the more, you know, like be prepared before you take yourself a little trip and be ready with your safe place that you can take yourself away to do, 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 do. Obama or something. What would we watch to recenter ourselves? Ren and Stimpy cartoons. Oh, that's. I don't know. Marx Brothers movies. Anthony Perkins is Norman Bates in Psycho 2. But yeah, I mean, they're they're out there. It's a little tougher to find, but we all need our little escapes. Stay aware of what's going on. Fury Harbor, have, have a blast is what we're saying. Yeah, just try and try and enjoy yourself in consideration of the current times that we're all going through. As much as one is, is Ann Arbor nice. Do we know what's Ann Arbor? Like I have no idea. 
Is that uh, my in-laws used to live in Ann Arbor? Yeah, they're Michigan super State nice, or super University liberal. of Michigan? Um, I think it's Michigan State. Um, because that's or is it University of Michigan? It's I mean, it's one of those. Um, because uh, my husband went to one of those. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, but yeah, it's super liberal, super artsy, super theater. It's like a theater town, you know. So, um. Is for tripping that's good they're fine yeah they'll be fine they'll be good like you know when you're when you're when you're tripping just you know like don't get your droplets on anybody and if you don't want to wear the mask just go inside and, and color your coloring book get some coloring books and some really nice uh colored pencils um i used to call them matte pencils i've been informed that matte pencils are not a thing that's fine <laughs> um but yeah, get yourself some nice coloring pencils. Um, super soft. You're gonna have a great time. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, the lesson here: find yourself a happy place, keep it in your pocket, so you know you have it, where you can go to, whether you're tripping or just dealing with living under a Trump regime with a questionable election coming up. And on that happy note, I think that's a good time to call it a week. So <laughs> I want to thank you guys for being with us today, uh, especially Liz and Julianne who are dealing with other time zones and stuff. So thank you all for being here. Liz Stewart, should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Well, on Instagram, I am Liz Stewart. I'm crowning. Um, and also, if you haven't already, you probably have. Please check out Coronaviruses for Trump. It's a political ad that I made. And I would really like it, to see it dispersed as widely as possible because um, he's killing Americans and we need to make sure everybody knows. Also, women, like, vote in your own best interest. And also uh, to the black community, I'm so sorry that this country has failed you once again. The grace that you continue to exhibit while being oppressed at every opportunity is inspiring. And um, we're going to fix it. We're going to make an America that's better for all citizens. And just know that you have more people with you than against you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. My husband was talking about, like, he's scared that black people will turn out to vote in this election and because of the intimidation that Trump supporters are, are sending to the polls. And I'm like, black people live like this all the time they are afraid of getting pulled over by a cop they always have to fight they always have to fight for every inch that they get don't be afraid of black people not turning out to the polls black people um and i hate to generalize are just tough because you have to be in order to live in this country so and women can can take uh can can uh, take a page out of, out of the the black experience and fucking fight for your rights, man. Don't roll over and just accept it because a white guy told you. You know, women, look to black people because they're fucking doing it, man. Awesome sentiment. Thank you for sharing that. Julianne, also wonderful to have you back with us. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Uh, yeah, mostly I'm just, um, binge watching SVU episodes to take the edge off of things. Um, <laughs> but you can find me online doing a weekly election show, all women. We write and produce and direct and shoot and host the whole thing. 
uh, mini late night show called Let's Do 2020. You can find us online and on Instagram at let's underscore do underscore 2020. And you can see a lot of our dumb jokes and sketches and catharsis there. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And thanks for being with us today. It was great to see you. Mr. Time and Ship, always a pleasure. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Uh, you can catch me at timeandship.com. Time and Ship at Instagram, Time and Ship at Facebook or time ship at twitter um you can get my book my east st louis on um, amazon.com or my comedy cd universal brother uh which i'm going to eventually uh, you know be expanding on all that stuff uh that i'm working on and they thank you liz and 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 julianne uh for, for the insight and yes black folks can use all the support they can get but hey like i said we're always fighting <laughs> right on well Thanks. Thanks for being here. Uh, me, I am Dr. David Robinson on the Facebook and on Twitter. I am at Stand Up Fall Down. If you've made it this far in, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that the show is also on the socials. Let's be treasonable, all spelled out on Facebook. And on the Twitter, we are at L-E-T-S-B-T-R-E-A-S-O-N-A-B-L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you, the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, I want to thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, tell everybody you know. Rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening. And if you have the time, what the hell, on the platforms where you're not, that's cool too. If you didn't like it, well, thanks for sticking with it this far. You don't tell anybody, we won't. You keep it to yourself. Everybody's happy. We will be back next week in one way or another. Hopefully, you will too. Until then, goodbye. goodbye.